Hey everybody, it's your first official March episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Joel, and with me as always is... Hey, it's Jason. What's going on, guys? Awesome. Uh, and I guess, uh, I guess I didn't have a zany introduction for Jason this time. I don't know, I'm a little tired this week. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Uh, if that's what you guys want, is zany introductions, get on our Facebook page and, and let us know that. Say, hey, listen, man, we really need some zany introductions. So <laughs> I, I know that Kim really loves it when you call it zany introductions. She, she loves the word zany. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I believe you. Not at all. <laughs> no, you know what? This is, uh, this is how professional we are. Like, I'm just going to drop this idea. Um, just out of nowhere. But I think at some point we need to have a uh, family show. And by that I mean like everybody who's on the network in any way at all should be on a show. We should just do a great big jamboree show where Katie, Kim, Jason are on one side of the studio line and my brother and I are on the other side. And we just have a grand old chat about with no topics and just see what happens around the round table. That should be interesting point. with Katie and your brother. <laughs> <laughs> they have the weirdest dynamic of two people ever. I don't know. I think it's because they're really similar, maybe. I don't know. They just... They couldn't kill each other over the internet, which is good, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, anyway. Well, hey, this is a short show. We'll try and keep it short. Um, but thanks for watching, listening. This is listening. When you use your ears, it's listening. So Yeah, that's true. Anyway. It's the news! Not that it's that exciting or anything, I guess. Sorry. Uh, Jason, you got some news to go with. So, Oh, by the way, if there's no music between segments, it's because somebody got lazy with editing. That idea happened this week. And someone said, hey, I'm going to put some music between the, the segments. So we'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right. So the first thing I want to talk about, it's more news that we've discussed before, but I got to actually play the Goblin Grapple game that we were sent to review. And I played it as a two-player and a three-player. And I'm just announcing that we'll be reviewing that this week, probably. I've been working on the video a little bit, so we'll see what happens. Any uh, any previews that you want to do here? Anything you want to mention about it? Um, it was actually a pretty fun little game. It's essentially... It's more war than Stratego, actually. Yeah. But, I mean, I played it as two-player, and it's not as fun. But at three-player, it was pretty fun. Because then you can pick who you want to attack, and it's got that problem where you can just pick on somebody and just attack them for the heck of it. But it was my buddy Brandon, so he's always fun to pick on. So... It was a good yeah. time. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, it, at least, I mean, uh, I, I'm i going to be nice. I'm not going to say anything. I, if I weren't going to be nice and say something, I would say, even if the game sucks, you've got that awesome laser-etched box. But, um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm sure the game's awesome. And no, then, it, it is actually pretty fun, for real. It is. Yeah, and it seems like for the footprint it leaves, like the size of the deck that you'd have, it'd be a good take camping with you kind of game or something, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm actually cool. trying I actually want to play it four players and see what happens cuz 3 was fun, 2 was okay. So if it gets better as more players come on, that could be cool. Awesome. Um I actually added a couple of news items to Jason, so I'm going to go ahead and pop one in here and we'll just go back and forth. All right. So um, this is this is one that I uh I think a lot of people are pretty juiced about. 
a terrible game is getting reprinted, and they've been hyping up this Kickstarter for like a year now, and they finally released some 3D sculpts. Uh, That's a hard word when you're a little tired and the pressure's on because you're reporting a podcast. Sculpts. (laughs) Uh, of the board, and that's Firebot Island. Restoration oh, yeah. Games has has been working on trying to make this game playable. I think maybe, um, but the three D the three D board. I don't know if you saw it, Jason. It looks kind of awesome. It's yeah, pretty it amazing. Look, it does look cool. I, I've seen it. It is pretty sweet looking. It, it looks like where are you going to store this kind of too? Honestly, it looks like it's about ten inches tall at one spot. But <laughs> yeah. it it's pretty cool. I mean, maybe it'll fold down or I don't know, collapse Magic. or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it could be like one of those like Tupperware bowls. It's like an accordion that like can like snap in and out of place. Like yeah, uh, yeah, that would be, that, be sweet. That would be sweet. Um, did you play the original Fireball Island? Or are you too young for that? No, I. I mean, I I saw it. I just have never played it. It it looks like you're just rolling marbles around. Yeah, it's not awesome. Like. <laughs> It's more of a decoration of board gaming and nostalgia feels than anything. Right. The other thing too is this game like really set itself up to be a huge failure from the beginning because they had these amazing commercials on Saturday morning cartoons for it where it was like these kids were like chopping through the jungle and like marbles, I mean boulders like Indiana Jones style <laughs> boulders were rolling after them and right. and then and then you get the game and like I never had the game but the neighbors had it and uh it's like but uh, I don't have any meaningful choices in this. I was a game snob even back then, so anyway, I don't know. It's uh, it was okay, but it just kind of, I don't know. I think you thought it was cooler than it really was too when you're little because it's like, whoa, 3D vacuum form board, sweet. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's why people still like it. So anyway, they showed some first images of that. I don't know even remotely when that Kickstarter is going live, but I'm sure it'll get ten billion dollars in support. So probably not. It doesn't have all those sexist minis in it like a lot of the other games but we'll we'll find out we'll wait and see they need some barbarians hang with their cleavage hanging out <laughs> yeah it needs and some then maybe it'll, for, it needs cleavage yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah i always wondered about that too like all right i guess like all the like male like superhero guys can have shields and like wear stuff that seems reasonable like armor wise but then like Zena's got to wear a metal bikini or something. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. It is weird. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I added Fireball Island. I I don't think I'm going to back it, but I it's it's a news. It's a mover and shaker in this world. So yeah, and I I would play it for sure. I would give it a go, and if nothing else, you get to roll some cool marbles around. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next thing I have is it's, it's another Kickstarter. It's called Chronicles of Crime. I don't know if you've heard anything about this. I have not at all. But it's essentially like a Sherlock Holmes consulting detective game. But the spin on this one is you have some VR glasses where you put them on top of your I phone. I did see this. I did see this. Yeah, you put it on top of your phone and then you can like go into this 3D world and look for clues. And then based on what clues you see, you can click on some cards that have a QR code. And it'll tell right. you if that's part of the the mystery or whatever. And I don't know. It seems like Sherlock Holmes consulting detective, but a little cooler. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it looks kind of cool. The little built in VR cardboard folded up VR thing looks a little cheap, but I thought, you know, I've got one of those little, like stupid Google cardboards made out of like actual plastic and half decent. I'll bet I could use that with it with the app too. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It looked, it looked pretty neat. And I don't know. This is one that I don't know. <laughs> The Kickstarter's live right now. I kind of wish 
for the sake of themselves and for all of us as gamers that they would have gone to at least like Origins this year or something because I don't I didn't see anything about this until like maybe January or or December that hey this thing's coming um it would have been cool to be able to experience it a little bit but I guess the other thing too is maybe they're doing a Kickstarter because they legitimately don't have the capital to actually make the app and stuff so yeah, if that's the, the case good luck to them it's the same company that did uh, Vikings Gone Wild so I don't know how their you know cash flow is but. Yeah. So at least they have that game behind them that's kind of popular. Yeah, uh, although the endorsement of it's the same company that made Vikings Gun Wild doesn't necessarily make me more interested, <laughs> I wouldn't say. Well, me neither, but it does seem kind of interesting. I guess I don't really have any reason to hate hate on that game or whatever, but I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's fine. It's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it does look kind of cool. But the thing is, I've just told myself, like, I was literally, like, minutes before this, just thinking about all the games I've picked up in 2018 already. And I've only picked up one 2018 published game so far. Um, or even, like, late 17. Uh, maybe one late 17, but one 2018 game. And, I mean, I know we're pretty early into 2018. But, like, I picked up maybe eight games from 2017 last year, and I don't think I was really heavy into buying games last year. So I was like, man, I've got to save a little margin for buying games that come out later this year. <laughs> like so, Origins. <laughs> right. So I yeah. think I'm trying to shut off my gaming, my game buying things. Although, um, oh, okay, so this is why you listen to the board game mechanics. Probably two days too late, but this is why you listen, okay? I've got a hot <laughs> pro tip for you guys. Um, if you go to Karma Games... They're selling the last 17 copies of Clans of Caledonia in the United States. Uh, there were 17 copies when I looked like just a little bit ago uh, at 59 bucks. So that's like half price of what they are on Amazon. And I know this game isn't for everybody. Like if you own Terra Mystica and you like something a little heavier, you're probably not going to pick this game up. But a lot of people I think would really love this game. And like the thing is, 17 copies left in the warehouse in the U.S., and there's no definitive reprint date or whatever, because I think Karma Games is one of those companies that's small enough. I think they are moving into new projects before they're really trying to reprint something. So I don't know. Like, there's no confirmed reprint at all. So if you want a copy of Clans of Caledonia and don't want it to pay, like, grail prices or whatever, use my pro tip and go get one. So that's why you listen, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually almost bought one of those because it was like 59 bucks or something. Right. And I was like, but I have Terra Mystica, and Jim and Kim have Clans of Caledonia, so I'll just go play theirs. Yeah, I had Terra Mystica, and then, like, I, this is one of those things, too. Okay, so Letters from Whitechapel and Clans and Terra Mystica both have this, like, weird feeling in my heart about them. Terra Mystica is one that I traded Terra Mystica for two games that I really wanted to a guy when it was out of, kind of out of print. Right. And um, he was like, ah, I didn't know it was going to cost me 30 bucks to ship two games. Can I just pay you for like what's going in the market right now? And like, I'm like, well, yeah, if you'll pay my shipping costs too. He's like, well, I was just kind of thinking like this game's going for 40 bucks. And it was like a way worse condition copy of mine. And I don't know. I should have had more backbone and be like, no, man, you ship those freaking games. That's what you agreed to. Right. And yeah. so anyway, I let him like PayPal me like 30 bucks or 40 bucks for my copy of Terra Mystica, which like made me so angry and like a passive aggressive. <laughs> I'm not actually going to confront the guy away. <laughs> 
And yeah. and then Letters from Whitechapel, I traded for that game as well when it was kind of like, oh man, a hidden movement game. That's Jack the Ripper. That's awesome. Well, somebody literally stole that game off my front porch. Like they saw I had a like package on my front porch and they stole it. So like both those games I'll never own probably just because I have like bad memories of them. So they're both perfectly good games. I just have bad resentful feelings towards them. So that's hilarious uh, that someone stole that game. <laughs> kinda. Kind of like, it's like some 11 year old kid. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing at all. I, and I seriously like went to pawn shops for like a week after that to see if like some pawn shop had it on their shelf for like five bucks and I could buy it. So whatever. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So yeah, I, uh, I'm trying to pump the brakes on the game buying. And so every time you bring one of these Kickstarters in, then I'm like, ah, I've got to say no. Deep cleansing breath. <laughs> feel this feel feel centered with the world of games you have things to play at home so uh, it's acquisition disorders disorder is very real and i've been suffering it lately so right. it, it is it's a it's a it's a problem like it really is well and then the other thing too is i'm into the region now where i'm looking for stuff to buy like when i'm looking for things to go out and buy i know that's when i'm like okay stop don't do anymore because if there's stuff that comes to me and I'm like, oh, this looks like my kind of thing, then I know it's going to be something that stays in my collection. But when I start just blind buying things because I think, oh, that'd be cool to review or that might get views on YouTube or whatever, like that's when I end up buying some really serious turds. So (laughs) I, uh, that's, that's why I know I've got to stop a little bit. And like our thing is we're the board game mechanics. We're like the blue collar average dudes of board gaming. (laughs) So I can't spend a thousand bucks a month on games, you know? So, well, you can't, it's just probably not recommended. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to real quick mention my last news point and then get back to us getting board games. Um, cause I have one other thing I want to talk about. So there is, I don't know if you saw this or not, but some folks on Reddit did some detective work and they figured out there is an un, they knew there, it's been, an, it's been, it's funny. They announced there's an unannounced expansion for Viticulture. Uh, Stonemeyer did, but then they saw a newsletter and like somebody goofed and put the box art in the, in the, newsletter so there's a new expansion called visitors from the rhine i think is what it's called and it's another one of the like more visitors type packs of cards coming out for viticulture sometime in the next couple weeks i think um so that's that was another little tiny bit of news that if uh if you listen to the show at all you know that jason and i both really like viticulture so the other thing too is stonemeyer games has 11 projects they're currently working on right now according to this like planning map they have out and they're all hoping to be released have them all released by um the end of 2019 so uh it could be an interesting year for for stonemeyer games uh this year or next so are they all from jamie i don't know like they're kind of funny too like they have names like um basically code names like stone and clay and gargoyle and like and it says like code name after him like they don't want to release what even the name of the game is and i was actually i was homesick it's that time of year where you're homesick a couple days a year because you just get the flu or whatever and i actually was home for one of jamie's q a's and so i actually asked him about the euphoria expansion and he basically said the same thing he said other times like hey yeah we're just waiting on art it's been play tested it's great once we get that art it'll hit manufacturing and we're hoping to get it out by gen con this year um but then uh, I, I uh, also was there to hear him mention, what was the other thing he mentioned? Oh, the, uh, uh, 
someone asked about, have you ever thought about developing an IP, an intellectual property, into a board game? And he said, I have one IP right now that I'm working with to try and develop a board game for. So that's really interesting. Like, I don't think it'll be Star Wars or anything like that. But I hope not. I'm, I'm over I'm, Star Wars. <laughs> well, I think Fantasy Flight has the exclusive license, too. But I mean, like... I uh, I don't know, man. I'm hoping it's something cool, like a Scooby-Doo board game. Can you imagine that? Jamie making a, a, a Scooby-Doo game? <laughs> that would be pretty sweet, actually. Okay, so listen. Jamie, I know you listen, okay? I know you do. I mean, like, I'm I'm pretty positive, okay? So um, <laughs> if you get this idea right now, you can have it. Like, I love the idea of you making a Scooby-Doo game that's like hidden movement and like asymmetrical player powers and then like a legacy game all three in one. Only thing I'm asking in return, Jamie, is you just give me a free copy, okay? Let me play test it and give me a free copy. That's all I need. And you can have it. All right? That's it. So so speaking of free games, this is the one I'm I'm throwing on you, Jason, here. I'm heaping this one on you, okay? All right. Um I am officially starting Okay, it's day twenty one of us not being invited onto the Dice Steeple or this game is broken podcast. So um <laughs> The Riveted, you need to go over there and just storm their page and just be like, hey, why haven't you guys had Joel and Jason on yet? Come on, guys. Come on. You know who you are. You super fans of ours. Like the guys who like most of the stuff. And we love you guys the most ever. That's why we're, we're mobilizing our army right now for two <laughs> things. One, get us on this show is broken. Like, you know, that would be awesome. You, you know, it would. And then the other one, too, is I'm calling this our friend raiser. OK, so this is what I'm going to do personally, Jason. And oh, Jason, I wish I would have told you about this before, but I kind of want to see what your reaction is going to be. So if you do this, if you go to our Facebook page and you say this podcast is awesome and I think then put your friend's name there, you tag them that doesn't like our page yet, you will get a personalized mention on this podcast. Like, and I don't care if we have to do a three hour episode because we're like just mentioning everyone's name. That was like, all right, well, uh, and if you don't want to mention on the air, that's fine. But like, just say, do you don't have to mention me, but this person needs to come over here and like this page. So if you do that, if you publicly on our, our Facebook wall, tag one of your friends saying, Hey, come over here and subscribe and check these guys out. I will, I will give you a shout out on the show at the end of the show. Um, and I think that's pretty fun, man. So I hope you guys take us up on that. Like, and I'm, I'm curious to see who the first person to do this will be. Like the first person to do it will not only get a shout out, but you'll get the first person to take advantage of this awesome shout out ability or opportunity is, uh, person X. And I have a good, good guess on who person X is going to be because we have a couple super fans. Yeah. We do so, have a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Love those guys, man. So much. So, well, yeah, and I anyway, can, I can put all the names on like an Instagram post or something too, which could be cool. That would be Just awesome. Pass some names around. So our friend raiser, where it's not a fundraiser. We don't, we don't want money. We just want you to give us more friends, right. raise yep. more friends for yep. us. So, and then the idea too is like, maybe eventually, like the more people listen to us, the more credibility we get. And then the more people are like, Hey, we want you guys to like see our products and review them and tell other people about it, which in turn makes our show better because then you guys get, uh, you know, listen to us and we have some like cutting edge, interesting, cool things to talk about. So it's just a big cycle. We're just asking you guys to help. If you guys each just tag one person who listens to this show or here's the other thing too. 
I, I can't imagine this person exists, but if you're a person who listens to the podcast somehow, like I don't know how you would have stumbled across this podcast without finding us on Facebook. But if you listen <laughs> to this podcast and you aren't on our Facebook page, like come subscribe and be like, hey, I came here because of the friend raiser. I just subscribed or just liked because of the friend raiser. If you did that, like you'll get a shout out too for yourself. All right. So um, that is all I have to say about a friend raiser. Hey, I think that's a sweet idea. Anything we can do to hit that 300 threshold so we can start doing some Q&As. Yes. Yeah, I'm absolutely. all about that. And we're getting close. So that's pretty awesome. So anyway, that is all I've got for news and fun stuff. And now for, hey, now for, hey what did you play? What did you play? Day 21 of the not being on the This Game is Broken crisis. It's real, guys. It's real. Yeah, I'll start so. pumping that on Twitter and Instagram so they get annoyed by us and get us on there. Oh, they'll be so resentful by the time we get on there. <laughs> but you know what's funny? It's like, seriously? Okay, I'm, I'm just going to talk it, man. I'm talking the trash because I can back it up. I'm positive. I listen to that show, and I listen to them stumble over trying to find answers, and I'm like... Oh, you noobs. This is so clearly the answer right here. Like, we will stomp them, Jason. We will absolutely stomp them. So, I'm talking smack because I can back it up. Put us on the show. Humiliate me. I don't care. Yeah, I don't Just care. Do it. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. All right. Whatever. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to move on to some games we played. That sounds yeah, like a good that's idea. Yeah, a good idea. That's a real good idea before I get in more trouble. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Um, the first game I played is from my boy Stefan Feld, and it is one that everybody raves about that I was kind of left mediocre at best at, and that's Trajan. Oh, that's the worst, man. When you play a game and you're like, the hype, and then it's like, ugh. Yeah. That's the worst. I, I mean, it's a good game, and it was fun, and I would play it again any time, but it just wasn't. I was expecting more, I guess, because I played Bora Bora, which uh, I'll talk about later. But and I played some other Feld games that you know I've really enjoyed and had a great time, and the actions have been tense, and the scoring is neck and neck right up until the end. And I don't know, this one just wasn't that way, and I, I didn't, I didn't love it. I've never played this one because when I've seen it set up at like a local game day, I've always been kind of like, uh, if I'm going to play a Feld, I'd rather play this other one that I already know. Um, but people rave about it and it, it doesn't even look like a Feld when it's out on the table almost. No. And honestly, the board is irrelevant. Everything you're doing is on your <laughs> player board with the, the Mancala. Yeah. It's this huge board that basically you're just taking things off of. So you could basically just put them in like a cup and draw some stuff out when you go there on your Mancala. I, I don't know. It was fun, and I'll, I'm glad I own it, and I'll play it more. But it just was, I was expecting more out of it with all the love that it gets. So, uh, is there another Mancala based game that you like better than it? Yes, Five Tribes, 100. percent Really? So you'd rather play Five Tribes than Trajan? Yeah, any day. Yeah. Huh. Um, if you got a chance to trade this for like Dice Pickerstat or something, like another Feld that's kind of like a little rare, because Trajan's getting a little in the rare side. Yeah, um, but would you would you take a shot at it? You yeah, dislike may, it that much? Maybe not for whatever you, the one you said, but maybe for Macau. I'm kind of yeah. wanting Macau, and that one's really yeah. hard to get as well. 
I think Macau will get a 10th anniversary printing next year. I hope. If it does, I'll definitely pick that one up too. Oh, yeah. That so. that wind wheel with the yet to get cubes in the future to use, that is amazing. Yeah. If it comes out in the 10th anniversary series, like Notre Dame and Near the Dragon came out, like for 25 bucks, it would be a no brainer, honestly. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Uh, on my on my games I played, um, I'm going to go in the exact opposite end of the spectrum here. I'm going to talk about Mombasa again. I'm not really, but kind of I am. Um, <laughs> I love Mombasa. If you've listened to any episode of this show, you know that because I talk about it every episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, the same designer, uh, Alexander Feaster, he has Great Western Trail as well. And I've owned this game for a few months now and haven't had a chance to bring it to the table yet. Um I don't know why it hasn't made it to the table yet. I just think there's been other things that I wanted to play. So I finally got a chance to play it this weekend and I uh, played it just with two players. And oh my gosh, it is so good. Like seriously, it. I had such big expectations for it based on the fact that Mombasa is, you know, here. And then like 50 spots up the board game geek ratings, same designer, same heaviness, um, cooler theme even with, you know, being a cowboy driving cows across the West, um, is this other game. And so I had pretty high, pretty unreal, honestly, expectation, uh, unreal expectations for it. And, um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like it was one of those games that when I finished it, if the person I played with was like, let's reset and play again, I absolutely would have, like in a heartbeat. It took us two hours to get through a game, um, and I would have sat down and played another two-hour game of it, like immediately, because it's it was one of those games, too, that is like, the reason why I know how long it took is because I was like kind of making some dinner for myself, um, and so like I had this timer I had to keep setting for like 20 minutes, <laughs> and like it would, it would go off, and I'd be like, no way, 20 minutes passed already? That's crazy, and it was one of those things of like the game was so fun and so engaging that it just, the time was flying by and it's so different from Mombasa like I kind of thought you know the boxes have similar art right yeah. uh, not art but similar size and they both kind of have that little American flag thing in the corner and I don't know um, I kind of thought they might be a little similar they came out around the same time within about I don't know maybe a year of each other I thought yeah the heavier feaster games they're probably borrowing some mechanics from each other just kind of a retheme and maybe some things changed up or or ironed out I'm going to tell you, man, this game is completely and totally different than, than Mombasa. Like, if you didn't know that Feaster made this game, like, from his name being on the box, you'd be like, who, who designed this? Because it's just not like anything else I've ever played. Um, so, just what's, so what's cool. the main mechanism in this game? Like, This is where my son and I had a debate, okay? He didn't yeah. like it as much as me. That's who I played it with. He kept being really critical of it and kept saying, it just doesn't feel good to build buildings in this game. It doesn't feel like you're accomplishing anything by building. And um, I had the feeling exact opposite of that, that. I felt like I was getting so much better throughout the game, and I was really enjoying like making my players better, my powers better. Right. Um, because I, I did the deck building part. He really did the tile purchasing, like laying down obstacles kind of thing. Right. And so they're both pretty evenly balanced in this game but i think the deck building part if you focus on it a little more you do a little better but then then the other thing too is there's also like these like this is a little like mumbasa i guess there's these tracks that you're trying to move things down but the way how you do it's totally different than in mumbasa it's not like you're doing a placement to move up a certain number you kind of are but it's more like you move up this track 
um, kind of in a more simple way than in Mombasa, and it's much less of a part of the game than the tracks are in Mombasa. So um, there's three things going on with those tracks and the trains, and then putting obstacles in other players' ways slash things that work for you to help you, right. and then uh, and then the deck building part, and then even the deck building part has like it's in, like the way how those mechanics all work together is so so incredibly smooth. So like you have your little player board in front of you and you're hiring ranch hands and engineers. And, um, I forget what the other guy's called, but they all like work together to try and make the other jobs easier. And they kind of like blend together in just such a nice way. It's just incredibly smooth in how it plays just the right weight for me. I mean, like it's a game that if I play with games that you really are in your wheelhouse, like to play, I've got to turn my brain on a little more than I like to when I'm relaxing. And um, it's good to do that sometimes. And I do enjoy that gratifying, like, rich gameplay. So, like, the Galaris, I know, is, like, your favorite. And it's a pretty heavy game. And I, right. I love that game. I would play it most any time anyone asked me to. But this one's just, like, that one turn down from that where I can, like, not have to think so far in advance almost and stuff and just kind of play with, well, this feels good, you know? So, um, I don't know. It was just the right combination of everything for me to really love this game. So. That's surprising to me that it's not heavy. That game looks, and the way that people talk about it, it seems like it's super heavy. Yeah, that's, that's what I've, I thought it was. I've decided that you polluted me because this game would have been heavy to me uh, <laughs> four months ago. But like gotcha. your average game that you play is like um, plutonium, like weight. <laughs> so like, and then you crank up into uranium at times. So I mean, right, like, yeah, yeah. so the games that are like. <laughs> you know, lead are like, eh, that's a gateway game now. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know, man. It's if you took an average guy who's played, you know, I don't know, like your, your more popular games in the industry right now and said, Hey, sit down and play this. They go, Whoa, this has got a lot going on in it. But I think you've, you've conditioned me to like, I don't know, go into that a little bit heavier space. Um, it's not as heavy as Mombasa. I wouldn't say it's just one, one tiny touch lighter than Mombasa. Right, right. Which is huh. uh, light medium to you, I get. Uh, yeah, it's gateway. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah, I just thought it was lighter than that. Or, sorry, heavier than that. Yeah. It's weird. No, I, I think it's plenty heavy for me, and it would be plenty heavy for most people in my group. But I think you'd walk away from it going, yeah, that was a really good game. I really liked it. But that was something that I can play with my preteen daughter, <laughs> like is what you would say. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. Uh, and that wasn't a sexist thing. He has daughters. Like, he literally yeah, has daughters. Yeah. So anyway. I have two young daughters, yeah. It's all good. Anyway. All right, so uh, the next game I played, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast because we love Philip DuBerry, and I've actually played Revolution again as a four-player game. Yeah. And it was me, um, my buddy, and his wife, and their 14-year-old daughter. And we, it's... Because I've only played it at six, and now I've played it at four, <laughs> and it's equally as fun at four as it is at six. Yeah, it might be more fun at slightly lower player counts, I think, um, just because you get to actually do things more often instead of right, being yeah. mad that you're paying for nothing. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't play the nice way either. I told his daughter, I was like, it's going to be mean, so be yeah. prepared. It's going to be mean. You're going to hate everybody for a while, and then eventually your, things are going to go your way, and then you're going to rub it in people's faces. So just be prepared for all of that. And it was designed by a pastor. It was made with love. So we're going to walk away and we'll make sure we remember that we're friends. Good man. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I think the difference between the two, the uh, 
the the basically the difference you're describing is that when you bid on things, you don't get refunds on it. When you play the hardcore way, right. that's the, the way the game way was originally play. designed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then <laughs> you can play a variant that's actually in the book that some people like better, <laughs> Sam Healy. Um, that <laughs> is uh, not very very tough. Um, like you get your money back if you don't win, but it doesn't match the theme that you're bribing people. Like it's not like. I don't know. If you're giving people bribes or blackmailing them, you can't say, give me this thing or else I'm going to let this news leak. And then they go, well, this guy's got worse blackmail, so keep your blackmail. No big deal. You know, I mean, like, I don't know. It doesn't work. But then, like, the difference, too, with how the game feels to me is, like, when you play laser tag, you have fun. But, like, you know that when you get shot with the laser tag gun, like, you're going to lose points and your gun's going to turn off for a second or two. Right, right, right. But you're not going to be damaged. When you go paintballing, you're like adrenaline pumping because like those suckers hurt, man. So like I think that's the difference between the two games. Like just that extra layer of tension and like just oh man, I hope no one picks this when you don't get your money back. It's just I think it makes it better. Yeah, I agree. And we even played with the other variant where if you can control, you have all your cubes in one spot, you can get an extra ten points, and you can't be huh. booted out because that's in the rule book as well. Huh. And I mean, none of us got to that point because it's super hard to get all of your cubes in one spot. But yeah, <laughs> and my buddy, man, I had I had the harbor on lock, and then he comes in, and then he moves two cubes around, and he makes it a stinking tie, so nobody gets any money. Ugh. Yeah, I hate this game so much, but I love it. You know what game I haven't <laughs> had a chance to play yet? I figured out the rules and played it a little bit, like just myself, but it's on my shame list right now. Is uh, Revolution for the Snowflake generation that can't be hurt. Um, it's Cordier. called Courtier. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's area control, but everyone's going to get along at the end. Whereas Revolution's like, hey, man, we're bringing Shanks to this fight. You know, I mean, like. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is a mean game, and but I still like it. I don't know. It's super fun. And it, I will gladly play that anytime. I think it's I super told, confrontational for you, man. It really is. And I told Katie, I said, I think this is like my new go-to gateway game. If people haven't played <laughs> games, we're playing this game. It's like a trial by fire. Is- if you can get through this game, then you're worthy to be in our tribe. <laughs> so you can keep playing games. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Um, cool. I, I, dude, good job. I mean, like, honestly, I have nothing else to say but that. That game's awesome. And Philip DeBerry's our boy, man. He so. Is. I'll probably have a Philip DeBerry game on here next week. I got a pretty sweet package in the mail today. So, but I'll say, I'll save that for next week. Um, my number two game I played, I have to look here. Oh, paperback. Um, this is one that is silly. I haven't played it before because it just is perfect for like what my wife would like in a game and what I kind of like in a game and my son would like in a game. So it's a perfect, like the Venn diagram all overlaps with this being a strategy game. Um, that my family will play, which is my big thing, and it being a deck builder, which is my son's big thing, and it being a word game, which is Kristen's big thing. <laughs> so um, it's it's hitting every area, but I haven't picked it up, and it's been out for like five years because it's got that stupid, like, I'm not sorry, it's not stupid, I'll be nice, but like Fowers Games like only sells their stuff on their website, and it's so it's like not very convenient to... 
you know, throw that onto an order when you're buying other stuff at Cool Stuff or going to right. the friendly local board game shop. So it's kind of a boutique thing that you have to like go out of your way to go find a copy and buy it. The same thing with Burgle Brothers. If anybody had distribution of Burgle Brothers, I would have thrown it on an order by now and picked it up. But like, I just haven't gone over there to put a special order in for Burgle Brothers either. So I, I actually thought I saw that on Cool Stuff. Did you? I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I really thought I saw that on Cool Stuff. Huh. Or fugitive or something because that's him too, huh? I really thought maybe he's opened it up to other places now. I hope so. I mean, like, and it's not bad. I mean, his website. I it took a week to get my stuff from him, um, and uh, the same thing for Game Salute too. I think so. I don't know. I uh, I'm hopeful that that he'll get more and more stuff out because these games are pretty good. Um, I haven't played hardback. I think you have. Yeah, I put hardback. It was fun. Really similar to paperback. Um, but paperback's just a deck builder where you are buying letters to put into your deck. And then, like, the bigger word you can spell, like, in order to play cards down out of your hand from that you drew up from your deck, you have to be able to make it into a word. So it's not like Dominion or something where you can play all the cards out of your hand until, like, you're out of actions or something. Like, you right. have to try and manipulate the cards to make words. And so um, it's got that word game aspect to it and the deck builder thing to it, too. So pretty neat game. Really fun game, actually. And I'm going to be honest with you on this one, too. The app implementation on this is really awesome as well. Like, I think the app on this plays... Pretty awesome. And the AI is right about the right level to be a challenge, but not make you upset and not want to play the game anymore. Like, I don't know where Settlers of Catan's at, but it used to be if you picked like a medium AI and Settlers on the app, you were like, what? Like, why are they making trades with each other and not with me? And like, <laughs> I'm getting screwed all the time. Like, I don't know. It was really yeah, frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I only know that because I played that game like on my iPad in graduate school classes for like hours on end. <laughs> I think I just said that on the record, but I have my degree. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I played uh, hardback, and I think the main difference between those two games is hardback, you can flip your cards upside down when you're playing them, and you can make wild cards. Yeah. So you can pretty much always use all five cards in your hand, but you only get to use the cards that are face up with the letters to buy new stuff. Yeah. So, I'm yeah, I'm not sure if that's how paperback works, but that's how hardback works. Paperback's the same thing, except for there are actual wild cards in your hand. So, like, you uh, gotcha. actually acquire wild cards. And then, like, your victory point cards are wild cards also. Gotcha. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I think... I don't know. I uh, I got paperback on sale, maybe because it's not as good as hardback. But I, I think I've wanted to get this for a long enough time now that I'm pretty happy to have it, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. I would I would probably play that one with you, if you ever bring it around. Cool. The box is cool. You'd like the box. Yeah, the box is cool. I totally agree. I need some more little boxes to go on my shelf. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so so my number, home, one, my number one game is a better Steffenfeld game, and Ooh. it is Bora Bora. Yeah? Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know if you've played this one, but essentially it's dice placement. So you have three dice. You're rolling your die, your dice, and then you're going to put your dice on a location but the, the trick here is you have to put a lower die than what's already on the location to take take action on it. So if somebody puts a one down there, it's pretty much blocked off unless you have like a special power card that lets you break the rules. So you're using the dice to go to these these little tiles to take actions on a board, like to build huts on an island, to collect some man or woman tiles so you can have some special abilities. 
to build some buildings on your player board. It's it's like a more interesting version of Castles of Burgundy, which I know that I, one. Everybody loves that one, too, and I'm not a fan. I don't like it at all. Like, that game to me was completely boring. Um, but I don't think I've played Bora Bora now that you describe it. I think I have played La Isla, which just looks the same kind of, but isn't really the same game at all. It, no, it does look the same, but it, La Isla is super light. And I actually really do like that game a lot, though, because it's super fun. But Bora Bora is beautiful. It has a ton of crunchy actions. It's only six rounds, so you know his normal fare, where you only get to do 18 things, but you want to do 32 yeah. And I don't know. I, I played it with my buddy, Brandon. I play a lot of games with him and it, it's, it's the, probably the best game that I've played recently that I own. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my favorite Feld. That's probably Bruges or in the year of the dragon, but I do love Bora Bora. Yeah. I, I can't believe Bruges went out of print and like, hasn't gotten a reprint. I guess I can cause Z-Man put it out, but, but everybody um, loves that game. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. I, like, I kind of dumb lucked into it because I heard good things about it and got it kind of at its low point on a trade. And then I don't know if you were the one who was like, man, that game's worth some bucks now. It's kind of hard to find. I was like, seriously? And it kind of is. So it I don't is, know. Yeah. I would love to get the expansion for Bruges. I just think it's even harder to find, honestly. So you probably have to get a German version with some paste ups, which would be weird because you have the English version of the yeah. regular game. <laughs> yeah. That's why I think your game's like superior to mine in some ways that you could actually get the expansion. <laughs> and it wouldn't um, look weird. Yeah. Well, I looked on like Amazon.de. So here's another pro tip for like why you listen to the to a, the board game mechanics is you go to Amazon.de sometimes and you can get like non language dependent games on there from Germany at pretty good prices and the shipping's really reasonable sometimes. So um, like something will be out of print in the United States. Just go get a German copy, you know? Um, Arboretum Forever was like a hundred bucks for that stupid little deck of cards game. And like, it's not a stupid game. It's okay. It's perfectly fine. I don't want to hurt your game if it's a precious grail game that you own. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, it's a perfectly okay game, but it was like a hundred bucks for a deck of cards. I'm like, what the heck? And yeah. you could go to, you could go to like any number of European websites and get the non Z Man edition with the same art and everything on it for like 11 bucks. And then shipping was four bucks. So it's like, I don't know. That's a pro tip for you. You guys can go to Amazon.de and find some stuff sometimes. So, anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, hey, help me out here, Jason. Um, this should actually probably go back in news, but this is just where my mind works. Um, Colossal Games, were they the guys to do Western Legends? Yes. They have a new Kickstarter out already. Yeah, it's Kamisama or something like that. The board it- spins. And yeah, it seems pretty interesting. It looks better than Western Legends to me, truthfully. Like, Agreed. Yeah. I'm looking forward to what Colossal Games does, man. So, so anyway, you played Bora Bora. I, that's one that I would love to play. Like, honestly, on the Felds that I haven't played that I would want to play, that one's higher on the list than Trajan, especially after your review of Trajan. Yeah, I think so. you. Would, I think you would like it. The dice placement thing is really cool, and I'm a I'm a sucker for that. So if that's in a game, I'll pretty much give it a shot, even if I've heard that it's a turd. I am so. a fan of dice placement for sure. I mean, a hundred percent for sure. I'm a fan of that. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, I guess I should talk about my last game then, huh? Too. Um, did you have any more about Bora Bora you wanted to say? No. I mean, just it's beautiful and it's way better than Trajan. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's a good endorsement, man. So, and you feel like you're like 
on an island or something, you know? I mean, instead yeah. of like in the Mediterranean, <laughs> scratching <laughs> out a living. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So um, my final game was Empires of the Void 2. Um, I pre-ordered this one from my local game shop. Um, and it took him a while to get it in, honestly. But, um, I man... I love Ryan Lockett games, and I won't do anything with this one except for keep it and play it again maybe in a month. Um, I had Empires of the Void the first game. Uh, I don't know. I had it years ago. And then I actually ended up, my buddy got a copy too because he liked it enough that I was like able to say, well, now that it's out of print, I'm going to trade it away. Um, and I'll play his copy if I care that much. Well, then Empires of the Void 2 came out. And part of the reason why I didn't like Empires of the Void that much was because like it felt like every third week they would come out with a new errata sheet that you had to print off and stick in there and say, oh yeah, you can't use this race with these you know power-ups because it breaks the game pretty badly or whatever. Um, so... <laughs> Um, so that was part of what made me, mm, not hate the game or something, but like made me a little like whatever about it. Um, so I was hoping they wrinkled, worked out all those wrinkles and made this game a lot more streamlined and smooth. And I haven't played Empires of the Void, the first one in a while, like over a year probably. Um, but this game is not really all that similar, honestly. It's a true sequel game. Um, it has, you can tell it's in the same universe. You can tell it's the same feel, but the mechanics of it are a lot different. Like, it's more like Puerto Rico almost, where you do action selection and then everyone follows you in that action selection. So, um, but pretty neat game, really, overall. So, I think I would rate this one at like a solid eight, it's not a 10. Um, whereas near and far, I think is probably pushing close to a 10 for him. Um, but it's a game that I'll definitely own and play. And, um, if it wasn't in space, you might actually play it. Like maybe I can retheme this game and say, this board is black because we're playing in the (laughs) The Mediterranean after an oil spill. And... (laughs) These people look weird because the oil got on them and made them look like aliens, kind of. So, <laughs> no, it's, I don't know. it's I a, think it's a good game. I think there are other of his games that I would be cool with playing, but I that one doesn't do anything for me. Just looking at it or the stuff I've listened to about it, it doesn't it doesn't tickle my fancy, and I'm not as interested. Yeah, I mean, it's a four X game, um, and almost every four X game it feels like is in space. Um, but I think the forex yeah. genre is really cool. Um, my brother's complaint about it whenever we play a forex, him and I, is he's like, "Cool game would have been a better computer game." And I get like, <laughs> I get what he's saying there, but like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's just something to be said about you know going old school with it and seeing it mechanically unfold on a table. And then uh, I have this weird thing too. Like one of my better gaming partners who like I haven't played with in forever but i used to play with him all the time he's obsessed with space games like he absolutely loves space games like so much and then i've got you that's the polar opposite where you're like hey let me tell you i've got the most amazing game ever it's uh vital Asserta and stefan fell went together and they made a game um about the mayan calendar and it has a rondelle on it and it's dice placement and it's also um like worker placement and every other favorite mechanic you have but it happens in a Earth 2 scenario in space. You'd go, nope, not playing it. I don't know. Like That might be a slight exaggeration, but <laughs> I know that you're allergic to space for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just 
that's the one theme that actually bothers me. Like, I can get past most themes, but I don't know. I just, something about that theme just, I don't like. Yeah, I don't the, know. The best part is because it's actually like a religious conviction you have. You're like, I just, <laughs> I don't believe in space. Flat Earth. I hate, sp- I hate space. Yeah. I was born a flat earther. I'll die a flat earther. <laughs> that's exactly it. You're right. 100%. Yeah. Well, anyway, Empires of the Void 2, I mean, like, I had pretty big hopes for it, and I think it mostly met them, but if I had to sit down right now and play a game that I played in the last week, it would be Great Western Trail, for sure. I mean, that game was just pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I'd probably play um, Bora Bora, of the three that I mentioned today. Cool. So you've got a, you've got a marry one game, burn one game, and... Uh, I don't know. Take one on a date. We'll make we'll keep it family friendly. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna burn Trajan, I'll bet. Yeah, I'd burn Trajan. You're I gonna, would probably marry Revolution. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Philip DeVere seems like he has good family values too, so you'll be happy with that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh and Stefan felt is sexy, so you're gonna be in good shape. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I think when I think of Stefan Feld. You're right. For sure. <laughs> All right. So I guess, uh, I guess, is our high five phrase going to be Stefan Feld is sexy? Yes, for sure. It has to be. All right. Well, hey, this is uh, this has been the board game mechanics after dark, and uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> oh man. This show is derailed. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We better call it quits. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our short shows, which end up being as long as our long shows. Yeah. All right. Uh, Hey, we're going to break 700 listens by the time you're hearing this too, which is awesome. Keep it up, guys. Friendraiser. Get get mentioned right now in this part of the show. We would say your name. We would say, I don't know. I'm trying to think of one of our random super fans right now. I don't want to. I don't want to say one's name on the podcast without the permission. I guess so. Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, thanks for being a part of the club, and thanks for listening. I've been Joel, and I'm Jason. And don't forget that Stefan Feld is sexy. <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> Slapping high fives. <laughs> All right. See you. Guys. See ya.